Welcome to the Fit and Fabulous Podcast with Dr. Jamie Seaman. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Jamie, and welcome back to the Fit and Fabulous Podcast. It is so wonderful to have you here today. Today, we are talking about skin. We are talking about anti-aging. We're talking about how to be fabulous. You know, my brand is Fit and Fabulous, and we are going to give you everything you need to know about making your skin fabulous. So I would like to introduce you to today's guest, Carolina Oliveira. She is going to say her name way sexier than I will with her amazing accent, but uh, she is the CEO and co-founder of OneSkin. She holds a PhD in stem cell biology and tissue engineering from the Federal University of Minas Gerais in Brazil in collaboration with Rutgers. She is the co-inventor of five patents, co-author of numerous scientific publications. She relocated from Brazil to Silicon Valley in 2016 to found OneSkin, a fast-growing longevity company developing products to promote skin age reversal by targeting a central driver of aging. Carolina and her team of aging and skin biology experts are disrupting the anti-aging skincare industry with their groundbreaking research around skin and longevity. Carolina, welcome to the Fit and Fabulous podcast. Thank you, Dr. Jamie. So happy to be here today. Well, one thing that got me real excited is when you go to the One Skin website, it's all women. It's all these like really smart, smart, powerful, beautiful women. So uh, I, I have to give you kudos to that. And um, for our listeners, Carolina, you have an interesting story. You're not even in the U.S. You came from Brazil. Tell us about your background and your passion and what kind of drove you down this, this journey in life. Yes. Uh, so I'm a scientist by training. As are my co-founders, we are total four PhDs that co-founded OneSkin. And uh, I was always interested in science since I was maybe like a kid because I like to understand how things work and I, I like to understand how things work in the human biology. So I got really interested in going really down to the molecular level because that's where everything happens. And if we're able to understand how our cells and our tissues work, we see when they stop working and that's when we lead, you know, we start developing diseases and start, you know, going down that path of aging. Uh, so I really was driven to use this scientific knowledge to, to create something that could help people live better, healthier. So I was studying stem cell biology and tissue engineering during my PhD. And it's very interesting, this area of uh, research, because with stem cells, we can basically re recreate any type of cells of our body. We can recreate tissues and we can use those tissues to mimic our own biology in a Petri dish in the lab. And then we can basically, you know, create experiments and simulate conditions. So uh, one of the things that we initially were really interested was uh, we were growing human skins in the lab. So we always started out like growing tissues in the lab, specifically skin uh, models in order to test products that were already available to measure or to understand if they were actually doing what they're supposed to do. So we were really interested in this anti-aging market. Um, and uh, we knew that we could grow tissues 
we could grow skins. If we're able to measure the age of the skin that we were growing, we could then test a product and validate if that product was changing the age of the skin. And it was very interesting because really fast, what we found out that most products, they don't change the age of the skin and some can actually accelerate the age of the skin. Oh, you're yeah. going to tell us which products those are, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, yeah, it's so interesting because they are supposed to be anti-aging. And, and when we looked at the genes that are related to aging and inflammation, all the genes that were going up, and we thought, okay, this is not how they is supposed to work. Um, so by knowing also about the science of aging and longevity, we realized that scientists are now understanding much better what's driving aging at the cellular level. And when we looked at the products that were available in the market, most of them were not ta targeting aging. So they were designed to make your skin to look good, to look you know, fresher, but not necessarily they were going, you know, after what's driving aging at the cellular level. So very fast, we saw that there was a better approach to actually address this problem that was going to the root cause. And I'm not going to give everything away, but um, when we saw that there was an opportunity to do something about aging, and when we start connecting the dots that, you know, aging drives most of the diseases that we develop as we grow older. And as a scientist, you know, this was my purpose, trying to help people to age better, healthier. I decided that's, you know, that's where I want to invest my time. And I joined with this colleague is to really uh, focus on understanding the biology of aging and help our tissues to function better for longer so we can enjoy our lives, you know, while we are here without uh, uh, putting limits on ourselves. Uh, so that's basically what led us to start One Skin. And uh, we can talk more about how the technology works. Absolutely. Well, I know the beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar uh, industry for sure. And I think every woman listening has always been looking for the fountain of youth. Um, I'm a doctor, so I sit in a clinic and I see patients. And one thing that is, is always difficult as a doctor is we have basic science researchers, PhDs, um, who are doing basic science and they may come up with the most amazing discovery, but then we have to figure out how that translates into me standing in front of a patient. So I call it basic science and then, and then I call it, you know, practicing medicine mm -hmm. and, for you, this is so different than other people in the, you know, uh, skincare industry. There's a difference between, you know, lab research. You're talking about literally growing. Is this human skin that you culture human and grow? Skin. Yes. We only okay. grow human tissues. Yeah. So you're, you're literally growing the skin, right? Instead of, but then we translate that into clinical research. How does it actually work in real human subjects? Can you talk about just the beauty industry in general you said that there are some products that are not good. They maybe even accelerate aging of the skin. Can you help people kind of understand that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so as you were saying, like the beauty of being able to do this basic research that in some ways is a research that can be applicable 
really fast, right? So I think my interest in for this kind of research is because I want to make sure that that research would be translated into something that people could actually benefit from. Uh, so when we start like growing skins and then we, we can test any product out there and we can test a given ingredient and we can see what's going on in, in terms of the skin organization and also in the gene expression. So for example, if a product is not good for skin, if it has like toxic ingredients, we know that nowadays we are much more aware of like safe and clean products. Clean can be still a little uh, harder to distinguish, but I call it safe because these are products that are not causing any harm on your skin. But in the past, a lot of the products that we were putting in our bodies, they, they were not, not actually safe, right? So a lot of them had ingredients, even, you know, that can contain hormonal disruptors and things that are mm -hmm. really bad for our health. Uh, but other toxic ingredients, like some really harsh preservatives, that when we apply those products in the skin, the skin basically starts to degenerate. So we see the cells changing the morphology, we think we see genes again related to inflammation going up. So we can clearly see, okay, that's not a good product for skin. This product's causing more damage than good. So it's better not to use anything than use these products. I'm not gonna like share names, but I'm gonna share that some really um, expensive, you know, classic anti-aging from like the old school industry uh are some of those products that are causing harm uh and for the consumer i know that's hard but one way that we advise people and it, it really correlates well with our results is to check the ingredient lists and go to sites like ewg if you know the environmental uh, world group that help you help you to rank the ingredients and if you see that those ingredients like on yellow or, or red like they they're questionable, you should try to avoid some of those ingredients. Uh, and we see that products that are full of those ingredients, they will definitely not perform well in our studies. So we can see these products not doing well for the skin. Another interesting ingredient that we test and initially was a surprise, but it, it also makes sense. It's retinol or retinoids in general. Um, Retinoids, uh, we know that it can indu it induces like cell renewal. So you're basically um, in some ways uh, burning the upper layers of your skin and inducing, you know, the, the, the basal layers to, to replenish those skin. So you're inducing this, uh, your skin to, to grow uh, and create like a fresher skin, not necessarily a newer skin, but a fresher skin. But when we tested these skins with retinol, we saw that the inflammation was really going high and aging markers was going, were, was going high too. So what, what we understood from this process is that retinol works by causing some kind of damage in the skin and induce your skin to repair, like to basically re, you know, replace those cells that are being uh, removed. So if we use retinol and then you stop and you give your skin time to recover, and if you combine retinol with another product that also helps, you know, alleviate some of those harsh effects, it can be positive. 
But if you overuse retinol, you are you can exhaust your tissue because you are inducing your stem cells to replenish the cells that are being recycled. And if you do this over and over, you can exhaust your tissue. So was interesting to find, wow, retinol is like the main anti-aging product and it's actually yeah. producing some genes related to aging. Um, but so we always get this question and people uh, ask, like, should I stop for real? I, I say, if you like retinol, you can definitely alternate it, you know, use like two or three times a week. Uh, but I would not overuse it. And I think the industry is pushing too much of like, you know, exfoliation and, and peeling. And eventually you yeah. can be sacrificing your skin health in the long term. So the way yeah, that I was I'm like, right, yeah, I was about to put my tail between my legs because I use a prescription retinoid and I because I've had some issues with acne, but I somehow I'm very sensitive to it. I only use it once a week. <laughs> That's good so, for you. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I I also had acne and I used to use retinol for years for acne first and then for its anti-aging effects. And it was only when I started seeing the data in the lab that I was like, uh oh, that's not uh -oh. what I was expecting. So and then I it I I basically stopped, but from now and then I use a little bit, maybe you know, around their eyes, but not as all. I was peeling all the time. I thought that like, yeah. you know, peeling was a sign that, you know, I'm getting younger. Yeah. And that's not how it's supposed to be. You know, your skin, it's time to recover, mainly because you, when you're inducing that renew, you are basically exposing your skin. You, you are uh, compromising your skin barrier, right? Because the skin barrier is that upper layer, you know, that's a, uh, uh forms the stratum cornea, that's a layer of keratin, but that's really important to protect your skin against like external stressors, pathogens, and so on. That's why we get more sensitive with, uh, you know, sunlight. And if you overuse, again, your skin is exposed all the time. So you should definitely give time so your skin recovers. Ideally, complements or combines with a cream that can it soothes and calm your skin so you get the benefits of both. Okay. All right. You guys heard it right there. <laughs> Don't overuse the retinols and retinoids. And they're in a lot of products too. Um, can you talk about, you'd mentioned a little bit about these um, tissue cultures and like testing the, the genes and the aging. Is How does our skin how do you measure that? How do you measure skin age? Yeah, that's a great question. So there are many what we call markers or biomarkers of aging. We can measure gene levels, so the activity of some genes that are associated with aging. We can measure some genes that are associated with a younger skin, for example, more collagen, more hyaluronic acid. But one very interesting way that we can quantify what is the what we call the biological age of the skin is basically measuring the epigenetic profile. So the epigenetic profile tells us which genes are active and which genes are suppressed. And this changes throughout our aging process. And, and we know that because 
we when we are old we still have the same genes that we are young but we have you know different genes turned on and off so by reading the dna or basically this epigenetic profile we can uh tell if a skin lies 40 years old is 45 years old and if i take a, a biopsy of your skin and i can measure your skin can be younger or older than your chronological age that's what we call like biological age and this is related to your you know your lifestyle how much sun exposure you had and if you smoke or not so this will influence a lot your biological age so we can measure this in the lab and we can compare and then we can treat that skin with like different products and find products or find ingredients that can actually reverse the age, the biological age of the skin. So we know that aging is a malleable process. We know that it's reversible. We have done this in the lab many, many times. Now, what companies like One Skin and other longevity companies are doing is basically translate, bring these products to people that can actually reverse the age of the skin in a safe and effective way. And in order to do that, you need to understand how, you know, what is the best target, where we should focus to actually promote this age reversal effect. And that's where we have our proprietary technology and we found our peptide that targets one of the main drivers of skin aging. Wow. So I don't know if you follow TMZ. That's where I get all my, my social gossip, but they'll do this thing where they put a celebrity up and it says good genes or good docs, <laughs> right? Like, is it plastic surgery or do they, are they just a genetic goddess? Right. But so, and this is, you know, research has shown that about 20 to 30% of our longevity is influenced by our genetics. So certainly it's good to have those genes, but the other 70 to 80% really is related to how we live. And that is of course, what I preach to my followers all the yeah. time, that lifestyle, the, what we eat, how we sleep, how we move, you know, is there maybe like one or two or three things that come to the top of your mind when it comes to the aging of our skin that people are doing lifestyle, not, not a product like one skin, but like, what are kind of the big hitters that age our skin that people are, are doing a lot of? Well, the most basic one, obviously sun exposure is it drives like 90% of the, you know, aging process in your skin. Uh, second one, I would say sugar intake. Uh, sugar can cause inflammation and can also induce what we call the a AGEs, so advanced, uh, advanced glycation end products. Exactly. And these will basically make your collagen more stiff, like your skin will lose like the elasticity, your, your collagen will be cross-linked, and this definitely um, leads to the signs of aging, sagging and loss of firmness and wrinkles, fine lines. And third, I think, actually I have two more that are very important that affects your skin. One is hydration and the other one is sleep. So- Do you mean internal hydration, like drinking yeah. water or like topical hydration? I would say both. I would say both, but uh, if we're talking about lifestyle, not products, uh, internal hydration, because definitely uh, the levels of hydration in our body influence our skin 
and also if obviously we stay too much in the sun and we you know we feel dehydrated we're gonna feel in our body right so i think that this is a very important uh takeaway is that people don't i mean obviously we know that the, our body influences our skin but do we also know that our skin influences our body i don't know if people are very aware of that and that's one of the things that we study at one skin that uh, your skin aging can actually elevate your body's levels of inflammation because mm. your skin is your largest organ and as it accumulates damage and those damaged cells they start secreting inflammation and this can actually impact your body's levels of inflammation which is associated with like chronic diseases So treating your skin as a whole, not only your face, <laughs> because people tend to look only, you know, on your face. It's really important if you want to achieve longevity as a whole. Uh, so we actually have clinical studies uh, working on that. We just finished actually. So happy to discuss more of that as well. That's fascinating. Okay. Tell us what is cellular senescence. So cellular senescence or senescent cells are cells that are the end of their life. So they have divided around 50 times. They have accumulated so much damage that they shouldn't divide anymore. Otherwise, they could become like a cancer because they're already super mutated. So they stop dividing and this is good. We are protecting our bodies. When we are young, our immune system can recognize those senescent cells and clear them out. So they don't bother the, the cells around. When we start to get old, uh, our immune system gets deficient. So those cells start to build up in our tissues. And as they build up, they secrete inflammatory signals that uh, basically function like a bad apple in a bunch. So the senescent cells start to spoil the good cells around it to age faster. Uh, and the accumulation of senescent cells in different tissues have has been associated with several chronic diseases. So yet we accumulate senescent cells in our skin, we accumulate in our hearts, we accumulate in our joints. And what scientists found that was really breakthrough is that if we can specifically eliminate those senescent cells or clear them out of you know the, our tissues we basically can allow the healthy cells to proliferate again so it's basically targeting what's driving aging and bringing your tissue to a younger state so your tissue will function normally again because if the healthy cells are close to senescent cells They won't function well. They won't produce collagen. They will start like actually degrading more collagen. So we need to get rid or in, at least we need to prevent the formation of newer senescent cells so our body can do its job well. Um, so that's <clears throat> what senescent cells are. And that's what actually our peptide um, targets uh, in terms of uh, We screened, we test like over different, sorry, it's some water. <laughs> we, we tested over a di 
nearly a thousand peptides in order to find the one that was actually able to reduce the amount of senescent cells in the skin. And after four years of research, we discovered, we developed OS1, that's the main peptide in our products. And OS1 has the ability to decrease up to 50% the number of senescent cells in the skin. And by doing that, we can show that we activate collagen production again, we activate hyaluronic acid production, um, we decrease the genes uh, that are related to aging and inflammation. And in the end, you have like a skin that looks like younger skin, but also functions like younger skin. Yeah, our skin it is, it's an organ, right? It's like, it's not just this, uh, it's not yeah. just like a piece of leather <laughs> that just exactly. wraps our bodies. Um, so the cellular senescence, I've seen people refer to these cellular, uh, these senescent cells as zombie cells. I'm not sure the origin of where that came from, but I think it's a great, uh, you know, yeah, it's a great analogy. Picture. Basically, I, I usually say they, they are kind of a half dead, half life life you know they they don't function well but they don't go away they should die but they don't die and they start secreting bad vibes you know so that's why yeah. call them it's like they they disturb the, the good cells um so it's a good analogy I, I like that one too yeah i like that <laughs> So how do you, um, I, I've seen you talk in your research about this molecular age of the skin. Um, how is this measured? Is this something only a PhD would understand? But um, like, for instance, could I get my the molecular age of my skin tested? Uh, the, there is, no, you could, but there is, n right now, we are basically the only company that's measuring the biological age of the skin. And in order to do that, we need a bio biopsy. So we either get a biopsy, people most people don't want to get a biopsy on their face. So <laughs> not here, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we are actually running a really interesting clinical study that we want to measure this age reversal in humans. So in order to do it, we are collecting biopsies from the outer arm because it's an area that's exposed to sun. Uh, and it's obviously, obviously easier to get a biopsy from. So we have patients using our products for six months because changing the age of the skin is not something that you achieve overnight. And, and we are not the, you know, the company that's going to promise you, oh, we're going to see results in, you know, in, one in week. One week, exactly. We know that it takes time. So we are giving six months up to a year. Uh, we actually did a small pilot up to a year, but we believe that we can get results in six months. Uh, and then we are collecting these biopsies before and after, and we are measuring this age reversal. So in order to do that, we needed to isolate the DNA of the skin and we do like a sequencing process. And then we run this data in an algorithm that we developed it's called the MoClock. And what MoClock does is basically measuring those um, epigenetic profiles and telling us, you know, the age of the skin, how, how old is your skin compared to when you were not using the product. Uh, so it's, it's a hard test to offer to consumers because it's not very, I'd say, easy to do collecting biopsies right. and shaping live tissues. Uh, but uh, we are running this clinical study so we can actually show to, 
you know, people and our customers that uh, we have data that this is possible in humans. Okay, so when you did this research, you said you tested thousands of peptides. Can you, for somebody that doesn't understand what a peptide is, can you explain that? Definitely. So a peptide is a building <clears throat> a building block of a pro of a protein. Uh, it's basically a sequence of amino acids. And our peptide, for example, it's a small peptide with like ten amino acids only. And the size of a peptide is really important because it needs to penetrate the skin to actually work. Right? You want to make sure that the peptide gets to the dermal layer, the layer that. Uh, produces collagen that gives like the firmness of the skin. So when that peptide enters in the cells, it can actually activate uh, different, I'd say pathways or genes. So this peptide has a biological function. It can induce your cell to behave in one or another way. In this case, we found that this peptide can improve like DNA repair pathways. So our cells are more efficient in repairing damage so they don't become senescent. And then by reducing the amount of those senescent cells, we allow our own tissues to get rid of the cell, senescent cells that were already there. And then we can see that we can actually reduce uh, the number of senescent cells. So basically peptides are, yeah, these biological molecules that can induce our cells to function in different ways. In our case, like, um, be more efficient in, in, in repairing DNA damage. So our bodies make peptides, like for instance, insulin is a peptide that mm -hmm. everybody has probably yeah. heard of. Um, is this particular peptide something that our body makes naturally, or is this something that really smart PhD scientists <laughs> have, have created by <laughs> chaining these amino acids together? Yes, yeah, so this one specifically, it's not found in our body. It does have 70% homology with other proteins in our body or other peptides. But the way that we discovered, uh, we, we initially started testing antimicrobial peptides. So we tested like uh, around 200. And then from these initial peptides, they were good, but they were not like super potent. So we start making modifications on the amino acids uh, using an algorithm again. But then we, we generated like from four uh, peptides, we generated like 800 peptides, basically just changing like different amino acids uh, because there are so many combinations that we can create. And then from the second testing, we landed in OS1. So because of that, OS1 is pretty unique, uh, but also because it's a novel peptide, we have done many, many, many safety studies to validate that that peptide doesn't cause any toxicity, doesn't cause any mutagenesis. We have a paper validating its safety. We have done long-term studies. Uh, so it's novel but it's not exactly produced in our body, but it's completely safe. Okay. So this OS1 peptide um, helps get rid of cellular senescence, essentially knocking out these senescent cells. So let's talk about other things in our skin that when we pick up a product at the store, um, it says that it helps like induce collagen formation. How does OS1 help increase collagen? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, basically, the way that uh, 
OS1 helps colleges really simple. Uh, our cells, the healthy cells, the young cells, they already produce collagen. So we, we OS1, by reducing the number of those aged cells, senescent cells, it allows the healthy cells to proliferate. So with more healthy cells, they will produce more collagen. It's not that we are giving collagen to the skin or we are uh, activating one specific pathway to induce collagen. It's just allowing the cells to replicate yeah. and produce more collagen. To do, get the bad, get those zombies out of their way so they can yeah. do their job. Well, they do yeah. that uh, as yeah. long as no zombie cells are around. <laughs> One thing I see in tons of cosmetic products that uh, I've looked at to put on my face is hyaluronic acid. What is that? And um, I mean, our body produces hyaluronic acid, right? Just like collagen. Yes. How does OS1 help with hyaluronic acid in the same way as collagen? In the, in the same way. Yeah. So all of those, uh, so collagen, hyaluronic acid, elastin, they are part of what we call extracellular matrix. So it's basically they form like fibers uh, that sustain like the cells and sustain the tissues. So if you look on a, a histology session of the skin, we're going to see very few cells in the dermal layer, but the, everything else is full of this, you know, uh, extracellular matrix. That's basically those either proteins or hyaluronic acid uh, that gives this... Um, substance you know this uh firmness to the skin so the way that os1 works again is allowing the healthy cells to produce more hyaluronic acid and also preventing the degradation of hyaluronic acid so we have proteins that are called the metalloprotein proteinases that they chop like collagen they chop like hyaluronic acid mm -hmm. and that's what leads also to you know, sagging wrinkles and we need to suppress those and we need to activate the production of uh, these molecules it's like zombies running around with scissors yeah <laughs> always <Just laughs> chopping everything so um in the studies this os1 peptide increased epidermal thickness i think it was 28 percent. correct me if i'm wrong so we have the dermis, which is like the bottom layer of skin, and then the epidermis. So medical terminology, that means it's on top of the dermis. So it increased the thickness of the epidermal skin. What's the difference between thick skin and thin skin? Why is that better? Yeah, great question. So uh, a thick skin or a, a thicker epiderm, epidermis layer, epidermal layer, will basically translate into a stronger skin barrier. So a thicker skin is basically more resilient to manage, to address the environmental stressors. When your skin is too thin, the chances that uh, first, like you get uh, some of those aggressors penetrating the skin is high. Uh, second means that uh, you are probably losing collagen, hyaluronic acid because your dermal layer is also in some ways like shrinking. So you needed to keep both. You needed to keep like the epidermal layer thicker and with like a stronger stratum corneal that protects like that. That means like a stronger skin barrier. And you also need a very strong uh, dermal layer with collagen to maintain the, the, 
the firmness of the skin, your skin more supple. Uh, and that's in the end uh, means that your skin is healthier and it's more resilient against those environmental stressors. Yeah, solid foundation and, and good armor, right? Um, so we talked about hyaluronic acid a little bit and, um, you know, it's used as a topical agent in things because hyaluronic acid attracts water. So it creates like that plumpness of the skin. Um, first question is, does topical hyaluronic acid really help in what you've seen in your research? And then what's the difference between hydrating and moisturizing? Are those things interchangeable or are they completely different when it comes to skin health? Um, okay, so hyaluronic acid, uh, we have different molecular weights, uh, and this, this uh, influences a lot the, the kind of results that uh, the, or the kind of benefits that the, the, the hyaluronic acid can offer. If it's a super high molecular weight, means that it won't, pen won't penetrate in the skin, will form like a, a basically a physical barrier that will retain um, water or prevent water loss. In our case, for example, we have not only high molecular weight, but we have uh, uh, micro and nano molecular weight, meaning that when you have really small size of hyaluronic acid, they can actually penetrate the skin and they can activate the skin to produce more hyaluronic acid. So in the end, you should uh, uh, look for both. Uh, you, you should look for um, both hydrate, uh, both uh, you know the, the, the prevention of water loss and also the activation of your own production. On the question about hydration and moisturizing, uh, I'll be honest that uh, I don't know if I, I know the, the, the best definition for the in terms of like the difference. I'm assuming hydration is something that uh, it's coming from inside the skin. Seems more internal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And moisturizer, you are promoting, you are bringing some moisture into your yeah. skin. So it's basically what I just said that, you know, if it's coming from your skin, you are hydrating, obviously, internally as, as you drink water, but as your skin cells produce hyaluronic acid and moisturizer would be that. Uh, physical layer on the top. Yeah. Cause it's like a two way street. We drink water to hydrate, but then we have water losses from the skin, especially yeah. as they, you know, lose that barrier. Like today in Nebraska, you guys, it's like 10,000 degrees outside. So it's very hot. You know, our skin functions as an organ like that. It sweats to try to evaporate it, to try to cool you off. So, um, what about when, when I go to the med spa and I'm talking about any particular treatment, I hear them all the time talking about this induces collagen and elastin, you know, mm -hmm. stimulates the fibroblasts to make collagen. But some treatments don't target hyperpigmentation, like sunspots, you know, that we get. And I know for like my pregnant patients that develop conditions like melasma, hyperpigmentation is definitely a problem for some women on their face. Um, does OS1 have any target uh, with melanin or hyperpigmentation? Yes, we actually have a very interesting data comparing OS1 and some key ingredients in other products or at least ingredients that are really used for hyperpigmentation like um, kojic acid and even a, a, a retinoic acid. And comparing with those two, OS1 actually 
um, performed better in basically controlling the melanin production in the skin cells. So when you are, your cells are in, in this state of like damage and inflammation, they will dysregulate the melanin production. So that's why you start seeing more melanin deposition than you should. Uh, so OS1 basically, I would say, cleans up the, the environment of the cells so they can basically go back to that uh, normal production of melanin again. So a lot of people see uh, um, a better tone, a more even tone using OS1. We have not investigated too deep, but we do have this very specific data around melanin deposition that's very interesting, mainly with, with, if we compare with those other ingredients. But if you're the cause of those um, hyper, that hyperpigmentation comes from hormones, then there is only so much that we can help because um, then we probably wouldn't be able to completely uh, uh, solve this, you know, this target situation. it. Yeah, yeah, it's a different pathway, yeah, exactly. essentially. Yeah, there can be multiple pathways to, to the same problem. Well, we know hormones are good for the skin. Estrogen, women have more estrogen. We have lots of estrogen. And as we lose our estrogen with menopause, senescent zombie cells come out to play. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so when, when I look at other products, uh, peptides, I see that on other products, you know, it says whatever, uh, they, the manufacturers are smart, right. With, with marketing to women and they use words like peptides as I've kind of dived into the anti-aging and longevity space, I've dabbled with lots of different peptides, not just for skin, but you know, other things that target gut healing or, um, uh, immunity because we get these senescent cells everywhere, you know, in our other organ systems. One that I've come across is GHK copper. Are there other peptides besides OS1, which is obviously amazing that look beneficial in the, in the skincare lines, or is this just gimmicky marketing? Yeah, so the main challenge with other peptides, and unfortunately, we are not able to test many of them. It's it's a very, I'd say, uh, expensive experiment. Is the penetration? A lot of times, if the, if the peptide is in a larger size, or depending on the charts, like it will be really hard to penetrate in, into the deeper layers of the skin. So when you have too many peptides and kind of uh, crazy sizes, we already uh, um, suspect that they won't be effective because they are not even, unless you are using like some kind of microneedling, something that can make some holes in the skin and actually help the penetration of the peptide. Um, with the GHK copper, uh, we have tested that one compared with OS1. I believe that it, it did have some benefits, was not, uh, definitely didn't target senescent cells, but if I'm not mistaken, I need to check with our, uh, my, my co-founder and CSO. Um, I think it helped with collagen production in, in, as well, um, but we have not tested the penetration. That one is a small one, so it, it could be that penetrates the skin. Um, yeah. But uh, I know that we know that's largely used and uh, people asked us, so that's why we decided to test it. 
but I can get back to you on the data because I know that we have this data. So yeah, uh, I don't expect you to memorize thousands of peptides, but that's one I'm seeing a lot of. And I've personally, yeah. you know, tried that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. Like interesting. It? Yeah. No, I mean, I've, uh, I've been dabbling in it for maybe like a year or two now. And then I really got into it because I, um, my followers know this. I, got COVID and then uh, salmonella poisoning and had horrible hair loss. And so I was like looking at every peptide, mm -hmm. uh, stem cells. I ended up actually doing um, uh, a PRF, so uh, platelet-rich fibrinogen yeah. injections in my scalp and like, I mean, everything I could do to get my hair to grow back. And so, but GHK copper came up a lot too when it yeah. came to, to hair growth. So interesting. Um, so um, this OS1 peptide, obviously it's applied topically. Are there things we can do? You just mentioned like it depends on the size of the molecule, how well it penetrates the skin. Are there things you can do to the skin to make it absorb it better, like prepare the skin? Yeah, definitely. So one thing, and it's one of the products that we launched, but obviously cleansing your skin and making sure that we are you are removing impurities and uh, your skin is fresher and more receptible uh, to the to the cream and the peptide that definitely helps our specific cleanser we call it prep uh, we can um, we have done studies in the lab that shows that it more than doubles the penetration of the peptide if we use the cleanser first but in general, you know, cleanse your skin is a, obviously a very important step. And the other one would be um, things like microneedling that uh, can make your skin even more open. If you break your skin barrier a little bit, again, there, there are pros and cons, but for, you know, if you, do, if you don't do once in a while, it can help the penetration of peptides and other molecules that are in a larger size. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, that totally makes sense. Um, is this something you use once a day, more than once a day? I think I've always found the most annoying part about whatever skincare regimen it is, is that there's like seven steps and oh. I'm a busy woman. I've got kids. I mean, I'm like, what's the five minute routine? Uh, that's my so what's routine. The <laughs> what's the routine if you're using this OS1 peptide? Is yeah. it one and done? Is it yes. one and done? Please tell me uh, it's one and done. Exactly. And I mean, that's why we developed this product. We, we do believe that the less is more. I think we, if we crack the code of what you need to deliver to the skin to make the skin healthy and, you know, function like a younger skin, you don't need like seven steps. So like, I, I honestly, I use the cleanser and only a night, uh, apply the OS1 face. We do have an amazing eye product right now because as we were studying the, the skin in different parts of our body, we realized that the skin around your eye is obviously thinner, but it ages much faster. There, there is um, data showing that the skin under eye or above your eyes, it's around 20 to 30 years older than just the skin around your temple wow. and cheeks. Yeah. So knowing that we did develop a specific formulation for the eye area, we tested in eyelid skins. It's a higher concentration of the peptide and people are seeing amazing results. We just got the clinical data back. The, 
The clinical data shows improvement in elasticity, firmness, uh, hydration. It's it's really powerful. But yeah, that's my routine. Like a cleanser, a moisturizer, and an eye product, and I'm done. And next day is is a it's I don't cleanse it again. I just apply the moisturizer and the eye product, and then sunscreen on top. And it's five minutes. If it's more than that, I'm I'm too tired. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to go to bed or I need to to go to work. Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a lot of things to do to start my day and end my day. And like having a seven step skincare routine is like, I mean, I do, I want great skin. Right. But it's like, oh my gosh, like, do we really need this many steps? Um, well, we're going to move to the last part of the uh, podcast here called the semen analysis. And I pulled, of course, one of the studies that was, uh, was done on OS one, this peptide 14. And this is of course this senotherapeutic. So basically it targets cellular senescence this they put out in 2022 so just last year so i just want to highlight for all of you that these senotherapeutic compounds are molecules that reduce cellular senescence or zombie cells by either suppressing the cellular state or selectively eliminating them and there's so much in the longevity world you guys there's so much regarding the role of these senescent cells with aging and in all diseases so we're talking about skin you know on this but there's a very fast growing interest in um, looking at other disorders, the way your liver works, the way your kidneys work, um, muscle, sarcopenia, we've talked about that a lot, um, cataracts in the eyes, your blood system, heart disease and atherosclerosis and, and your joints. Um, basically, you have senescent cells everywhere after I think I read a study um, just recently that like after the age of 38, the rate of senescent cells um, or zombie cells starts to really increase because humans, based on our DNA, really weren't supposed to live past about age 38. But, you know, modern technology has gotten so good at extending our lifespan that now we're living years and years and years of our life with these senescent cells. Um, and so the clinical evidence of these senotherapeutics in humans um, is still new but I think it's a really exciting um, approach that that we can start to look at, kind of bridging this gap between basic science and uh, and the the clinical applications of these things. So this OS one peptide, you guys, it can reverse the biological age. How much is it, Carolina? Like two and a half years after how many days of use? Uh, so this we we showed this reduction of two and a half years uh, in the skins that we treat in the lab uh, in five days. So it's a different wow. kind of <laughs> it's a different kind of you know uh, condition and obviously a very controlled uh, experiment. Uh, that's why we are running now in humans to know how long it takes in humans. So we are testing for six months. We believe that in six months we can already see a significant um, result in, in reversing the biological age. But you you obviously see benefits into your skin earlier than that. So uh, from our clinical data, we see significant improvements after six and 12 weeks. It, it gets better over time, uh, but people can see, you know, improvement in texture, in softness, hydration, much earlier, like in the first few weeks already. So it varies depending on your skin type, uh, but clinical data shows significant data after six and 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah, in I'm, the lab, 
Yeah. I'm like, okay, if it's two and a half years and then I just keep using it, I mean, eventually here I'm going to look 21, right? I'm, that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> I, I think we, we don't want to look 21 again, right? We just want to look like really vibrant. We want to look in the mirror and feel good. So our goal is definitely to be able to help um, people to feel good about their skin and it's not that we are going to completely, you know, eliminate every single wrinkle, but your skin will be healthier. Your skin, your skin will be functioning well. Uh, and yes, it will look younger too. This is a consequence of, you know, uh, addressing aging at the root cause. Yeah, no, I hear that. I'm going to live to be a hundred, but I always want to look half my age. I just, that's just my goal, whatever it is. Half yeah, my age. And, and it, yeah. If you, if you can freeze you right here, it looks amazing, right? <laughs> oh. Well, this has been so wonderful, Carolina. Can you tell people um, how they can find OneSkin, how they can find the research and, and follow along and with what you and your colleagues are, are doing? It's, it's amazing pioneer work for, for aging. Yes. Uh, so you can find us on oneskin.co, our website. I really suggest everyone to subscribe to our newsletter. We share a lot of content around skin health and longevity. Uh, we share the behind the scenes of, you know, how we develop our products, all the data that we generate in, in, in you know, every day in the lab. We have a team of uh, six PhDs that are working on one skin and we continue to evolve the science and develop new products. Uh, but also we bring a lot of educational content that, that's really helpful overall. Uh, and you can also find us on Instagram at oneskin.co. And I think that's mainly it. Uh, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, this was so lovely. Thank you all for listening and share this information with anybody that you think would find it helpful. We depend on each and every one of you to spread these messages around the world. We'll catch you on the next episode. Did you guys love that last episode of the Fit and Fabulous podcast? Well, of course you did. And I want to keep bringing you the most amazing content from the most incredible people. And you can help me by subscribing to the Dr. Fit and Fabulous channel. You guys know where the button is. Just click it. It's the doctor's orders.